The first step in getting closer to God is to realize that you need to or that you want to. And the second step in getting closer to God is to realize that it's possible. I want to encourage you to check out my book, Getting Closer to God, Anthologies from the Forefront Trilogy, Book 2. I think this will really be helpful to you in your pursuit of the Lord and help you understand what I learned over the first 30 plus years of my life as a believer, as a minister, and as a missionary in uh, a lot of the countries of the earth. Check it out. Anthologies from the Forefront, Book 2, Getting Closer to God. It's on Amazon. Welcome to Foundational Missions Leadership Moment. Join your host, Scott McClelland of FX Mission, as he deep dives into the lives of leaders to glean secrets that will propel today's leaders to new heights. Here's Scott. He also wants to heal me. He also wants to forgive me. So that was that was a turning point to so many people to really being able to experience the love of God. Wow. Yeah, actually, I would think it somehow was the opposite of what the culture was enforcing from the perspective of who God is, because this freedom is coming instead of oppression, liberty, you know, freedom from sickness, sin, disease, freedom from your way of life that you feel bound to. I could see how that would that type of contrast would, you know, be highlighted as a gospel's first unfolding. And I think it for us it seems like for folks in the states it seems very unusual that this would be the time the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s would be the time when these kinds of things were happening. But you guys were experiencing some kind of an awakening of the gospel during those decades. Prior to those times, there was nothing like that. And I I think it's hard for us to understand that, but I think that's true. Well, late 60s, 1968, actually, Mexico held the Olympic Games, Mexico City. But that year, Mexico was under such pressure that there was a big push between communism taking over the country or being a democratic state like it is now. And there was mm. such oppression. There was actually something that, that changed the history of Mexico in 68 was that a lot of college students were protesting about what was happening. And the army came in and just killed tens of thousands of students in 68. So the country Mm. was going through so much that it was the perfect opportunity for the gospel to shine. Like there was so much confusion. There was so much fear. There was so much anxiety going on in the country those late 60s years that it was nothing but the perfect timing to, hey, there's a lot more. God has a lot more in store for us. And that's exactly the time when the biggest efforts started in Mexico City. Wow. Powerful, man. I did not know that about the, you know, the unrest, the civil unrest. But it seems that the Lord would use that to his advantage, you know, to the advantage of the gospel. Sounds like that's what happened. 
and you guys, the ministry took off. Obviously, over time, you guys, the ministry began to get established in the urban centers of Mexico. And I don't know when it became to be known as uh, centers of faith, hope, and love, but I would guess during those times is when things started to come together where it was spreading to more cities and and maybe a little bit after that, you guys were establishing more centers of faith, hope, and love across the country. Is that is that right? That's right. Yes, exactly. So my grandpa went from Monterey. Then he went for a couple of years to San Luis Potosí, then Puebla, mm-hmm. then Mexico yeah. City. So when he transitions from Puebla to Mexico City, that's when most of the churches started to, because there was a couple of churches, but in that transition is when the name came. And by then the Bible school was already producing leaders. So it was an amazing group of young people that started planting churches all over the country. Wow. Yeah. It's a fascinating way that that unfolded. I know that just to kind of summarize this section, there was basically from end to end of Mexico, centers of faith, open love, or centros de fe, as the short version is in Spanish, began to even spill out of the Mexico and 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 be in other countries. I think you you guys are in a, a lot of countries now, and and there's a lot of churches that of the centers of faith. Is there do you know those numbers or where you guys are located how many countries and and how many how many ministries? I believe there are centers of faith in 10 countries and it's probably just shy of 400 churches somewhere to, I I don't know wow. the specific number yeah. because it's amazing mm-hmm. there's still churches yeah. opening Every weekend, you know, so those numbers change. <laughs> those numbers change a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I, to me, it's so encouraging and, and so enriching even to see what one guy coming from Alaska <laughs> with, you know, a fire inside can accomplish for the gospel. And, of course, your family has continued. Your dad, I know, is the ministry leader, well, along with his team, he's ministering now. Tell us your grandfather's name, full name, and then your dad's name. Tell us a little bit about the what's happening now in the team generally. And then I want to get on to your, what you're doing as well. And this rich history to me is so fascinating. I'm taking forever. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's all good. My, my grandpa's name was Daniel Ost. And my dad's name is Timothy Ost. And his journey, when he got married, he was sent to the border with Guatemala to start a church down there. So it was like, uh-huh. as soon as he got married, okay, go as further south as we can. It was, God was mm-hmm. just taking them on a quest to reach every part of the country. So that's where he got started. Wow. Yeah. And I know that was. I'm guessing since you were born in 79 that we're talking about the 70s when he went down 
I guess he was he in the state of uh, Chiapas. Yep, in Tapachula, Chiapas. Yeah. yeah, that was that was early seventies. Okay. Yeah, and wow, the work has continued. I met the ministry through some friends now, obviously, who are in Nicaragua. We've done some things together down there over the years. That's how we met in Central America. So I became familiar with the story to some degree in different parts of the ministry team that have been in different places. You guys have always been very missional. I know you've there's been a ton of outreach. I'm guessing, and maybe I'm guessing wrong, but I know that you've been on your own journey, your own sort of missions journey or ministry journey over these last over the last decade or so. And you you've been working in the US and in the States for at least half the last decade, I think. Tell us a little bit about your journey over the last decade or so. I know you you had a very prominent ministry in music and done a lot of youth work. Let's talk and dig in a little bit about yourself and what you've done and then how your journey's progressed and where you guys are now and what you're up to. And that's a lot <laughs> to say at one time, but I, I we've got to get to this piece. Well, for me, when it became clear that this is what I was made for and this is the choice I had taken for my life to really follow God and serve him, I always thought Mexico was going to be the place I was going to spend the rest of my life because that's that's mm. where I grew up. I really, till this day, I love Mexico and, and I love the Mexican people. And and it's just, that's where I was born. That's where I grew up and it's, it's home. Mm -hmm. So I always thought it was Mexico, it was Mexico. And, and growing up, that was what I was working for. And honestly, after I came to the States, did some college, went back to Mexico, the Lord just opened so many doors. I started pastoring a youth group, which I did for 20 years. With that youth group, I started a leadership academy slash Bible school, which ran for 10 years. We have over 150 of our ex-students serving God full-time throughout the country. And in those same years, I don't know if you're familiar with youth specialties, but in the same years, I became the national director for youth specialties, which I actually uh -huh. still am. So that helped us reach and train youth leaders all over the, the country. So, mm -hmm. and... Uh, we have a band and the band was going really well. So all these things are happening that in my mind is like Mexico. It is, you know, Mexico. And then we started traveling into Latin America with missions and conferences and all this other stuff. So that's what we were pushing for. And that's what the future was shaping to be. And mm. about four years ago, Everything was doing great, but I don't know if you've if you've felt what I'm about to try to describe. My wife mm -hmm. and I got to a point where it was too good to be true. It was too comfortable. It was like mm. it was just too good, you know? And we're like, yeah. Well, let's just explore and search God on this. So 
we started searching and Lord, what do you have for us? If this is what we're going to do, it feels like it needs to change in a sense. There's something else we need to do. Mm. A couple mm. of weeks later, I get a phone call from a church in Las Vegas. And they're looking for somebody to help them launch a Spanish-speaking church in Las Vegas. Mm. My initial response was like, no, I need to be in Mexico. There's need in Mexico. But we prayed about mm. it, and we felt the Lord bringing us to the States, which honestly wow. was a very hard <laughs> choice for me. You know, it's like— mm. I remember praying when I was a young teenager, Lord, here I am, send me whatever you want, I will go. But in the back of my mind, I was like, I just don't, I don't want to go to the States. Just send me anywhere. <laughs> send me, send me, send me to China. Send me, just send me anywhere, you know, send me to Africa, send me. But no, it's like, I, I don't. So then this comes up, but we feel in a very solid sense that God is calling us to come to the States. So we go to Vegas and help this church launch this Spanish church they're launching, which was a great, it's a great church out there. But when our time ended there, it was like, okay, what's next, Lord? Then we felt like we needed to take some more time and really search and seek God for our next step. And to make a long story short, we felt like the Lord was calling us to start a church in Austin, Texas. Mm. At the beginning, I didn't quite understand why, but there's a very interesting conversation I had with somebody here in the States that really gave me perspective. Because for some of for some of you, I kind of feel like a missionary here in the States, you know? And in a for sure, absolutely. And in a sense, I am because it's not where I was born, it's not where I grew up. My wife is Mexican 100 percent So in a sense, we, we were taken out of our culture, out of our country into a totally different one. So that's hard to explain to our friends in Mexico because it's like, <laughs> oh, you're going to the States where everything's easier and life is, I'm like, oh, I'm not so sure about that. But we, <laughs> we've we taken on this calling to be a missionary here. And then this conversation I had with somebody that knew a little bit of the history of, of my family was like, you know what? This makes total sense. I'm like, what makes total sense? The <laughs> the reason why you're here, I'm like, why? It's like God is giving the states back the favor of sending your grandpa. So he's bringing you back to the states. And wow. that that kind of that kind of brought peace to us and and really helped us at least me and my wife understand there, there's a huge need here in Austin, and we've come to love the city, mm. and we're just ready to to take on this challenge. There's 700,000 Spanish-speaking people in the Austin area. 95% wow. of them are unchurched. So there mm. is a big, big opportunity to reach a lot of people for Jesus here. 
Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's a cultural, it's the most interesting cultural place in, in Texas, no question. Like they say, keeping Austin weird, right? Yep, that that's why we're here. <laughs> well, I, I tell you, there are a lot of people working on that effort, and some of them with a lot of vigor. Of course, it's cool to me. I'm from, I was, you know, born and raised in Texas. I lived outside for a number of years, and I'm living, you know, back in Texas now as of the last uh, seven years or so. But it's, Austin's always been interesting. Explosive growth in Austin. Just so many people are coming to Austin. So much is going on there. And I could see how opportune it would be. Maybe like in some ways, the way Mexico City was in the, in the, in the early 70s. I could see that. Yeah, that's a little bit that's a little bit of what it feels like. We're kind of kind of understanding why the Lord has brought us in this time to Austin. I truly believe that what happens in Austin can change the world and that's yeah. always that's always been the push of what we do. If Jesus can change a life, he can change the world. So Yes. Whatever we can yes. do. Yeah. Wow. Well, very, very cool. And you guys are close enough that we've got to get together for some of that good old fashioned barbecue. Yeah. Let's, Sometime soon. Frank, <laughs> we got to do that. Franklin's Barbecue. I don't know if you've ever even heard of Franklin's, but the Franklin's Barbecue here in Austin, you have to get in line around 3 or 4 a.m. because at 11, mm. it's over. Yeah, sold out. No more meat today. No more. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of it, and it's on my list. I can say it's on everybody's top list I, from what I know. But, yeah, I would love to get down there and spend some time with you guys. As kind of we're wrapping up here, and thank you so much for being on here, I'd love to have also to get a chance to talk with you and your wife. Uh, we've talked so much about the history. I'd like to schedule another time with you to talk more about what you guys are working on, what you're, what you're feeling, you know, both of you. It'd be great to have you both on Yeah, and talk about, get things from her perspective as well. You know, I've got three daughters, and so I've got advanced degrees in, in the, you know, female mind studies. <laughs> right. <laughs> I've got enough studies over there. To realize it's super important to hear from the ladies and to incorporate their perspective. Yep. Uh, because they bring a part of God's perspective that we don't get without them. So love to get her on. Let's talk for just a minute about what steps you guys are taking right now and how can uh, those listening pray for you in terms of your efforts in Austin. And if someone wants to know more about or get more involved in what you're doing, how could that person find out more? With this COVID-19 situation, our whole strategy has changed radically. We were planning on, on doing a couple of outreaches and events, and the Lord has kind of fast forward things for us a little bit to where we, we did a soft launch of the church online a couple of weeks ago and had a great response. So now what we're planning is we're doing a official online launch within the next few weeks. 
So oh, wow. that's our that's our main like prayer request right now. We mm. we really don't know what an online church launch means or looks like. We just feel like mm. we can share hope with a lot of people that are locked up in their houses here in this area and and with the internet throughout the world. Honestly, yeah, the soft launch mm-hmm. we had, we were we were surprised. It reached over twenty thousand people. And I've heard great, wow. great stories of just Jesus just touching people in this area and in this time. Mm-hmm. So yes. just just a little bit of context for those that want to pray for us. I was I was thinking through and praying about what 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 should be the name of the church? What does this city need? Because as you know, this is a very progressive city. And very liberal in a sense. And that's the people we want to reach. Mm -hmm. That's the people we want to go after. So in a sense, we we have to speak their language. We have to to make the church approachable in a sense that even the name has to be something they, they can feel like, okay, what is this about? So praying through that, I was driving northbound I-35. And for those of you who have that have driven through Austin heading north on I-35. As you're coming up to downtown, there's a lot of buildings, buildings, buildings. And all of a sudden, the buildings stop. And right on the top of the hill, there's one building that stands out, which is the Capitol building. And I kind of felt this question in my spirit, like, why do people go to the Capitol building? Okay, well... They're trying to fix the healthcare system. They're trying to fix their financial situation. They're trying to fix their education programs. They're just trying to fix their life and looking for answers. Mm-hmm. And the question yeah. I, I got back was, shouldn't the church be the capital? Don't we have those answers? Isn't Jesus the way? And with those ideas in mind, we were we were also looking for a, a word that would be Spanish and English because we were hoping to be a multicultural bilingual church in this next few years. So the mm-hmm. word the word that came to mind was capital. So that's the name mm-hmm. of the church, Capital, and you, that's a little bit of backstory. And you can we're on all the social media as Capital movement but movement is uh m v m t just those four letters so capital m v m t on all the social media and you can find me mm. as timmy ost everywhere my email is timmyost7 at gmail.com. So if you guys have ideas, resources for, for this exciting online launch that we're adventuring towards in the next few weeks, that'd be awesome. And yeah, so that's where we're at. Awesome, man. Well, very, very cool. I, I know these are you know, a lot of the change that's been waiting to happen is being accelerated right now, even yes. in the midst of a lot of containment. So it's an interesting time to be alive and, you know, to take in the opportunity that is new in view of everything that's going on and, and the stuff that's not going on right now. We're certainly going to be praying for you that that the Lord helps you guys 
make the most of it. We'll, we'll do a follow on interview with you to see how those things you know, are shaping up. Really appreciate you taking time, especially during this busy time for you guys in your preparations and all to talk to us. We'll backlink these things, the social media stuff with Capital MVMT. Uh, I'm sure you're on Insta, you know, and and every place else that yep that the generation would find you. <laughs> We're everywhere. Even somebody as old as me, I'll, I'll 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 find you and I'll I'll backlink you guys here. Really, really appreciate you being here. And if you don't mind, I'd like to just pray really quick, and then we'll close out. Yes, please. Lord, we thank you for Timmy and for his family, for what they've meant to your kingdom, what they continue to mean to your kingdom, Lord. I'm asking you to bless them now, especially during these initial steps that they're taking for the gospel in Austin, Texas, Lord. Help them, assure them, be be near to them, and give them the light of your face and more and more of your perspective on how to make the most of the opportunity in our times. I ask it in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. Amen. 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 Tammy, thank you again for being here. Really appreciate it. Very excited to have you. Please do. Uh, your 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 wife's Katie? Yes. Katie in Spanish, uh, I, Katia. Katia, yeah. I thought so, but I was not super sure, but I got it right. Yay. Yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Please give my greetings to her. I sure will. And begin to convince her that we should have both of you on the program. And we can do bilingual however we need to do it. That'd be wonderful. Sounds good. To do. Yeah. Thank you. Many blessings to you. I am Scott McClellan for your FX Missions from the Forefront podcast. To contact me or us, please do so at fxmissions.com. Until next time, have a good one. Thank you for joining Scott with today's Leadership Moment. We hope you've apprehended an inspirational nugget or two that, when activated in your own life, will be imparted into those you lead. You may contact Scott at scott at fxmissions.com. Visit fxmissions.com to learn more about how you can grow your own leadership and engage in missions. Until next time, good day, everyone.